Good morning, Lake Norman. This is Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, and I am here with you for About Town. And we, we're on a good route today uh, throughout our community. Actually, this is all about the faith community here in the town of Cornelius. That is such a critically important segment to what goes on, the good of what goes on in our community. It's a, it's a fantastic opportunity to talk a little bit more in depth about what uh, our faith communities are all about and what they mean to our great town. They've got a, a significant role they play in, in really our quality of life and making us a better place to live. And I'm very, very proud of all of them for what they contribute. And I think you'll be surprised at some of the things that uh, maybe we take for granted just a little bit that goes on within our faith communities and our, our churches here in town. And I want you to hear a little bit about that. And at the, uh, particularly at the end of our, our program today, we'll be talking a little bit more uh, directly about a great event that's coming up, and that is the community Thanksgiving um, service that will take place uh, this coming Sunday at 6 p.m. at the Kane Center for the Arts, a new venue for this uh, wonderful, wonderful program. And uh, that makes it, uh, that says it all about community. We're not uh, going into any one of our churches, but we're worshiping together as a community in the Kane Center for the Arts. And I'm so glad that worked out to, to not only show off this, this uh, great facility to our community, but to uh, turn it into a worshipful experience to thank God for all the great things that go on here in the town of Cornelius and in our state and in our country and in our world even. So I want to tell you who I've got with me today. I think you'll be impressed with this lineup. Um, first of all, I have uh, uh, an individual that's a little bit new to town, and that's uh, Ashley Bonfiglio, who is a missions project leader at Grace Covenant Church. Uh, Ashley, welcome. Thank so, you. Thank so you glad having. to have you here today. And uh, next would be uh, Reverend David Judge, who is the pastor of, of the uh, Cornelius First Baptist Church. And uh, welcome, David. You've been with me before on uh, some topics, and thank you for coming back. We yes, appreciate, sir. appreciate your involvement. Pleasure. And then we also have... Uh, one of the oldest churches in town representative represented today, and that is Mount Zion United Methodist Church. And we have uh, Reverend Jonathan Marlowe with us today, who is the co-senior pastor at Mount Zion. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. It's great to be with you. So that's our lineup for today. And, uh, uh, you know, we talk in the town of Cornelius about the Cornelius Way. Well, that's really tied in so closely to our faith communities. Uh, I'm so proud of uh, many of the things that have occurred uh, within the faith community that makes us better. And uh, actually, I really go back to uh, many years ago, uh, right about the time I became mayor, about six years ago, to uh, the creation of the Neighborhood Care Center. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, Michelle Hoverson was, uh, yes. was in charge of that as she was yep. an associate at, at Grace at, the, at that point in time. And, uh, you know, let's start with that. Uh, sure. You know, Grace has a rich history in, in our town. 
uh, you know, it goes back to, I can remember the Cornelius Tabernacle, mm -hmm. which is, uh, uh, I don't think it's actually standing anymore, but it's, uh, it's certainly uh, uh, near where the Habitat building is. That's where, it, that's where Grace Covenant, I think, cut its teeth and got its start. So, uh, and I remember the Clantons, uh, mm -hmm. S.K. Clanton and Emily. Yes. Uh, very well as I was growing up. They're fine, fine people. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Grace Covenant has some deep roots in our community. But uh, traveling back through time just a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about the roots of your uh, mission programs that go on at Grace Covenant. Yeah, so it kind of is like the Neighborhood Care Center. Um, that did start around 2016. We started looking around it in 2014 with it starting up in 2016. Um, and it's kind of the idea of getting into our neighborhoods and really getting to know the people that we're serving. Um, you know, so the Neighborhood Care Center does a lot of programs where it comes from for ESL, um, food, the Mana for Life. You know, around this time, they're doing Thanksgiving food drives. They're doing Angel Tree, which I know they partner with some churches around here too. Um, but for Grace, we've actually kind of shifted our missions this year. Um, we have recently, or in the past, we've done Joyland, where it's been people coming to church, you know, and able to shop for toys. And we are really focusing on going deeper and creating relationships, the idea of going deeper instead of broader. So um, we have worked and identified some neighborhoods that we're going to be moving into to kind of stand in the gap, you know, where... Um, Food insecurity may be an issue. So instead of Thanksgiving meals this year, we're doing pantry staples. Um, wow. You know, so we're going to be dropping pantry staples at each home in two separate communities um, and kind of getting to know them and start building those relationships in hopes to be back there for Christmas. Um, and we're partnering with the Cornelius Police Department at awesome. Christmas to awesome. come out to those neighborhoods and... Um, you know, invite them to Christmas Eve, but also be there to provide gifts, um, gift cards, and just build those relationships where it may be more community cleanup in the spring, um, bringing job fairs, you know, going back to the Neighborhood Care Center. There's hopes that um, we're going to have more building projects in the future to bring more career development. Um, you know, we talked about auto mechanics coming in um, so that we can have more job training um, for the people in the Smithville area and beyond. Um, so that's kind of where we're that's headed. That's fantastic. And another great ministry you folks do. And actually, all the, the, the churches represented here with me today uh, have some segment of uh, of. Uh, a, uh, a an education program going on in their facility at least and i want us to all talk about that as well i know you've got a great school at uh at grace yes, covenant is, we do. in, in yes. addition to that uh, and it's growing yes it is it has seen growth this year um you know right now we're k through eight and our new head of school rich landis is doing a phenomenal job um you know the teachers there so our classroom are growing our um our enrollment has grown, so we're gonna we're excited and hopeful for the future for what God has for the future for that school. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that one of my uh, most uh, wonderful things that I am uh, able to do as as mayor of this community is visit our schools, and I'm generally invited at least annually to come by uh, Grace and uh, uh, read 
with the students or read to yeah. the students. And, uh, you know, they make me feel like a rock star in there. <laughs> it's incredible. So yeah. it's just such a nice experience. It is such a good school. And, uh, um, you know, I think I think that is one of those items that certainly does contribute to the quality yes. of life here in our community and makes us a better place to, to live. Yep. So, And it's fun to see the integration between the school and the church, you know, especially on the mission side. So how we're integrating what we're doing on the church side in missions with the school. Um, so it's, it's fun. My kids are there, so I'm sure they'll make you feel like a rock star when oh, you come. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope I get an invitation back this uh this coming year as well. So that's, that's fantastic. So, uh, moving around here, uh, first Baptist church of Cornelius has been around quite a while too. Since 1904, 1904. That is one year prior to the formation and, uh, organization of the town of Cornelius. So, uh, so you do go back uh, a, a ways. And, uh, you know, I remember growing up there on Catawba Avenue, uh, uh, spent a lot of time with my grandmothers. My mom worked. And, uh, you know, First Baptist has always been there. It really has always been there as a, as a great, uh, great church. I think I, in my early years, I probably went to Bible school there. I, I went to Bible school in all the churches. That's what we did back then for entertainment. So, uh, so I, re- I, I remember that well. So, you know, th- things are are certainly uh, robust at uh, at First Baptist. Uh, uh, David, how long have you been there now? I have been there eight years now, and so uh, sitting around the table, I'm one of the oldest uh, pastors in the community at pretty this point. In- pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. So, uh, so Bill, are, are we okay? We'll be right back in just a minute. Thanks, everybody. Hello again, Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam here with you. We are about town today talking about our faith communities. So we're making our rounds here uh, with some of the most uh, uh, active churches here in town. All of our churches are active in in some uh, manner or form. Uh, The three that are represented today are very active here and and make such contributions to the quality of life in our community. And uh, we've talked about uh, some of the activities in the mission field at Grace Covenant Church, and we're moving around now to some more specifics going on at First Baptist of Cornelius with uh, Reverend Judge. So, David, tell us a little bit about, uh, we talked a little bit in the previous segment about uh, the beginnings of First Baptist. Baptist Church here in Cornelius. It used to be Cornelius Baptist Church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so tell us what all's going there. You've done, you've been in town, I think you said six years. Six, eight years. Eight years. I've okay, I shorted you a little years. bit. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's certainly long enough to get to know this community. So uh, you've been an integral part of some really, really good things. And uh, so tell us about First Baptist and what you have going on there. We know about your early scholars program, but we want you to elaborate on that as well. Sure, of course. So thank you. So um, mentioning that we got started in 1904, coming next year, it's going to be our 120th anniversary. And so our theme for next year is going to be 12 decades of service. And so each month we're going to take the first 10 years of the church and then the second 10 years and down the line uh, and really educate the church about where we've been, what we've done, where we're going, that sort of thing. Uh, when I came in, uh, if you remember, I came to the town board. You did. I, and that was amazing. I, and I pledged that I would get uh, our church involved in the community, and, and I believe we've done that. And uh 
couple of things that we've done. You know, First Baptist is a small church from the standpoint of membership. And so our concern always had been, well, we'd like to do that, but we don't have the people and we don't have the money. And so my response was, well, let's look at what we do have. We have a fabulous property and uh, we have lots of space. So let's get other people to utilize our space and help the community. And so consequently, we now have introduced two new congregations. One is the Kachin Baptist Church. So they're from Myanmar. They speak a different language than us, have a different culture than us. We have Revive Iglesia Cristiana, which is Spanish-speaking, and of course they have a different culture, different language. And uh, then we have First Baptist Church Cornelius, which is English. And so we like to say we've got three churches, you know, all Baptist, all, you know, preaching the gospel in three different languages, three different cultures, but one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that that was really big. Uh, the other thing, you mentioned the Cornelius Early Scholars. We uh, host Cornelius Early Scholars. Cornelius Early Scholars is a separate standalone organization, uh, but First Baptist Church of Cornelius is the host. So we provide them free space, but they have their own board, their own employees, their own finances and everything else. Uh, but that's been a real big win. And the other thing that we started doing recently is with the uh, Community Pregnancy Center of Lake Norman. They have a mobile van for um, ultrasounds and pregnancy testing. Mm -hmm. And they reached out to us and they said, hey, could we park our van in your parking lot? And we said, of course. And so they're there every week providing free services to women uh, who may need those services. That's fantastic. I know you've been quite involved with our schools in town, too, uh, as in Cornelius Elementary mainly. I know you have young children as well. Yeah, so I have four children in CMS, two at Bailey Middle, two at Cornelius Elementary. And yeah, I got very involved with Cornelius Elementary, being that's right down the street from the church. And uh, Jessica Holbrook, who's the principal there, had become a good friend of mine. Uh, as a matter of fact, yesterday was her birthday. And um, that was where I got the idea for Cornelius Early Scholars, because it was Jessica who said to me that one out of four children who present to Cornelius Elementary for kindergarten are unprepared for kindergarten. Mm. They can't count to 20. They've never held a book. They can't recite the ABCs. Things that we think are just fundamental, these children have never been exposed to. And that was really the genesis of Cornelius Early Scholars. Uh, along with that, we like to provide snacks to Cornelius Elementary. So we take snacks over there all the time for the kids. Uh, we know the, the guidance counselors over there and uh, we just do what we can to help the school. Well, that's, that, that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I know uh, First Baptist was instrumental back during the days of COVID. Uh, of uh, supplying some needs to our kids. And uh, so it's just some great community service going on there. Did I, did I remember that right? Yeah, you remember that right. And actually, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because it kind of went from my mind. COVID is in the rearview mirror we were at this trying, point. We're trying Let's to hope. push that back. Right. But uh, yeah, we had uh, the testing facilities uh, out there. We had the vaccination clinics at First Baptist Church. Uh, again, back to the philosophy of we have space. And if we can just bring other folks in, to do that work. During COVID, we had the uh, Camp Advantage, if yes. you recall, uh, where we invited kids who didn't have internet at home or didn't have a safe environment at home, but they had to do remote learning. They came to First Baptist, went to our fellowship hall. We had 30 kids every day. Wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's quite a good story to tell. And so it's just one thing after another that uh, um, First Baptist has been very integral in our community to support and uh, and be involved with, and so uh, I, I know I know you are committed to that, David. Amen. And you've really taken them to a new level in, in that particular category. 
another church, probably the oldest church in uh, uh, one of the oldest. I, I guess uh, Mount Zion and Bethel are about the same age. Uh, uh, Mount Zion United Methodist uh, had its roots in and around where the uh, uh, Magnolia community is today, uh, but uh, later grew uh, where it currently is off of Zion Street uh, uh, near Antiquity, uh, I guess adjacent to Antiquity, a, a huge neighborhood that just popped up in and around Mount Zion over the years. But uh, I think the formation of the church was, was what, Jonathan? Yeah, uh, Mount Zion started in 1827. And... Uh, since 1827, we've had a strong Methodist Christian presence in Cornelius, and so uh, we're looking forward to a 200th anniversary celebration coming up in uh, probably less than three years. So that's going to be a great event, and uh, we're going to have a lot of um, programs and activities related to that 200th anniversary, but we're, we're proud of that history going back to 1827. Yeah, as the as the church has evolved and and grown, what what do you see as uh, I, I know there's some connections to the United Methodist Church that uh, are involved in the mission activities, but uh, uh, what what has Mount Zion taken on itself to make this a better community? Yeah, you mentioned some of the um, um, mission projects that we're involved in um, in Methodism and and beyond, and especially also in our local community here in Cornelius. Um, internationally, we participate in things like UMCOR, which is the United Methodist Committee on Relief, so that when things happen around the world where there are refugees in Ukraine or somewhere else, we can immediately give to that, and and the next day people start being ministered to in different parts of the world. So we're glad to participate in things like that. Um, we're also involved locally in a number of things um, to help make the community a better place to live, and that's that's what we're all about. Uh, we also have a preschool, our Sunshine Preschool, um, S-O-N-S-H-I-N-E, Sunshine Preschool, uh, where we have uh, two-year-olds to uh, pre-K, and uh, it's just a joy for me. I get to participate a little bit in that. I do chapel with them uh, about once a week, and uh, just getting the chance to tell them stories about Jesus and how much God loves them is just such a such a privilege and a joy to be able to be with those children. And we have um, we have scholarships available in that program to reach out to all kinds of kids throughout the community uh, to help them if they need financial aid with that as well. Um, one of the things that we've started recently is we have a counseling center at Mount Zion. It's called Sanctuary Counseling Center, and we have uh, staff who provide. Uh, Christian counseling or any kind of counseling for people who need them, um, whether that's uh, related to stress with families, marriages, children, jobs, or just the stress of being in our world in the year 2023. Um, we do have a counseling center that helps lots of people uh, in those areas, and that's, that's also a sliding scale where no one's turned away for financial reasons. Um, I think about one of the programs that we've started recently just here locally in the community, and we've done it with uh, actually in partnership with the Neighborhood Care Center, is, uh, is our Loads of Love program that our youth are involved in. And we go to some of the local laundromats and uh, on weekends like Saturdays, for example. And the folks who um, come there to, to get their laundry done, and it you know, I didn't realize it until recently, but it's quite expensive to go to a laundromat mm -hmm. and get your laundry done. 
And uh, so we help people with, um, you know, giving away quarters and change and helping them uh, do their laundry. But while we're doing that, we're also forming relationships with people, getting to know them, listening to their stories, uh, providing a lunch for them, having lunch with them, getting to know them. Um, so those are just some of the things that we've been doing recently. And um, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful church to be a part of. And, uh, and we find that um, um, being the church of Jesus um, in a way that's humble and in a way that's inviting is, uh, is inspiring for folks. It, it certainly is, and uh, I, I know uh, certainly that uh, we do a lot with the uh, at Mount Zion with the Neighborhood Care Center. Mm-hmm. What's so really cool about that, uh, Ashley, is that it's become a, a really uh, ecumenical uh, mm-hmm. arrangement throughout our community. I know uh, Grace Covenant uh, put up the, the money to get it started, but it's grown so much, and uh I, I had heard a, a number recently of how many churches are are involved with that, but it's. Uh, I want to talk about that just a little bit more because it's been a wonderful connection yeah. throughout our community to do so much good. So that and Ada Jenkins as well, and it's amazing to me how well the Neighborhood Care Center and Ada Jenkins, you know, correspond the the uh, services that they both provide. They work together beautifully, and that's what it's all about, just doing good for this great community. So I'm just uh, excited about that. We are in such a, uh, you know, I've been in elected office now for about 10 years, and we're in a real different, better place. Not that I can take credit for, for any of that, but uh, it's just uh, heartwarming to see that actually taking place. So... This is Mayor Woody Washam, and we are about town today, and we will be right back in one moment with the Faith Communities of Cornelius. Good morning again. Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam here, and we are about town with our faith communities, our wonderful faith communities throughout this great town of Cornelius. They've always been important to our town, but never more important than they are today. Uh, our churches have grown. They have evolved. Uh, uh, churches are a little bit different uh, now. I, I can remember back in the day, there used to be a lot of uh, turf between churches. You know, you were cool if you went to this church or that church or or whatever. Uh, and certain segments thought that the rich people went here and other people went there and, you know, all over the map. I just don't see that anymore. So we're all Christians and I think we come together uh, just to simply worship God in, in the right kind of spirit now. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, I guess that leads me to one of the priorities that I have uh, as mayor of Cornelius is working regionally with our neighbors, if you will. And uh, I'm betting our churches in this community do the same thing as far as communicating with each other and working with each other and uh, and, and not, not putting up those uh, turf battles, if you will, between each other as well, because we're all about the same thing. And it's a, it's a lot of good that's created out of that. So how do you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that, Jonathan? I, I think it's wonderful when churches can um, participate uh, together and cooperate with one another on various uh, items related to the community. I think um, when the church is uh, offering itself to the community in a way of humble service of Jesus, that that draws people. 
uh, people are not drawn to arrogance or to uh, being puffed up or to um, self-promotion, but people are genuinely drawn to humble acts of kindness and service. And when uh, the churches here in the Cornelius area are really good at doing that together. And I think it's one of, really one of the strengths of our community. Well, you work, uh, I, I know all of our churches work uh, quite closely with the youth of this community mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can, I can recall a couple confirmation classes around where you really expose yeah. the kids to a lot of the different churches and religions that go on in we the world. D- we do that. When we have confirmation classes, usually for eighth grade, and these are uh, young people who are just learning about the faith. Uh, uh, a lot of times they've been baptized as children, but they are learning to articulate the faith and accept the faith for themselves. And as we do that with them, one of the ways that we do that is by exposing them to other churches. And we, like this past year, we have gone to Hunter's Chapel uh, United Methodist Church, which is a predominantly African-American church. And we um, took our confirmation class to worship with them on Sunday. Uh, we took our confirmation class to worship at a Greek Orthodox church. Uh, one Sunday morning. We we went uh, to a synagogue on one Friday night uh, just as a way of teaching our children about the deepest roots of our own faith, but also learning about other churches and the strengths that they bring and what we can learn from them. So that's been a wonderful opportunity. Uh, also this year, uh, Mount Zion went in together with Hunter's Chapel, United Methodist, and Inclusion Community, uh, and went on a Deep South pilgrimage. Yes. And uh, we went to places. We got we chartered a bus. We went to uh, Selma, Alabama. We went to Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, we went to Birmingham, Alabama, and just retraced a lot of the footsteps of the Civil Rights Movement and learned in a really impactful way uh, more about uh, Martin Luther King, saw his churches, his parsonage where he lived in, where he received bomb threats and other things. But anyway, that was a real pilgrimage of learning about our history as a nation and really brought, brought those three churches together in a way that helped you know, recommit us to the cause of racial uh, justice and reconciliation. That's awesome. It really is. So, Pastor David, how do you feel about how our churches here in, in this community work for the for the good of the community together? Uh, oh, there's there's absolute collaboration amongst the churches. Right. And uh, you know, one of the things that I find uh, most comforting for myself as a pastor is the monthly pastors uh, luncheon that is held at Christ Covenant uh, on the third Wednesday, generally of the month. But uh, there's always 10 or 12 pastors there. Uh, We get together, we talk about things that pastors talk about. You know, pastors have their own little issues that they have to deal with. And you always get the question, well, who pastors the pastor, right? Well, we pastor each other. So if I've got a problem that I'm struggling with, I can talk to Zach or I can talk to Mike Moses at Lake Forest or one of those other folks. Uh, And it's really nice to have that fellowship amongst pastors because we do have our own unique little concerns. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, um, you know, it sounds like a good setting to talk about some best practices, too, that uh, go Very on much. That's a big part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah I, I can I can certainly envision that. So, so Ashley, what, what's your feeling about that here in our community as far as churches working together on yeah. things? And 
I think it's extremely important, um, especially in the outreach area. You know, you can't, not one church can do everything on their own. Um, you know, so it's great, especially like, you know, exactly where we've done our backpack outreach um, for a couple of years. And this year we were able to bring in different churches, you know, and it's not necessarily like, hey, just serve. It's more of, do you have people that you know? And the backpack outreach, we were able to hand out 400 backpacks to um, people in the community full of school supplies to get the kids ready for school. Um, so we had a couple different churches come in and it was, you know, hey, let's give you, let's expose everybody to the church. And the goal, the goal in my mind is not to get people plugged into our church. The goal is just to get them plugged in somewhere, you know, whether it's your church, whether it's, you know, um, Mount Zion, whether it's Grace Covenant. Um, but, you know, people aren't really going to get to know who Jesus is until they feel the love of the churches that we give. Um, so, you know, the collaboration, we don't, I don't go to the pastor's luncheons, but we are able to get together on some missions leader, um, sure. mission leaders and bounce ideas off, you know, of how are you helping? The idea is to help without hurting, right? right? So what's making an impact? So how are you guys helping without hurting the community? How are you making that lasting impact that's creating those relationships and, I don't have all the answers, so it's great to be able to talk to people and decide, you know, or talk about, hey, what's working, what's not working? How can we better serve this population? How can we better serve some immigrant populations that are coming in? Um, you know, and to be able to learn about what other churches are doing as well. You know, we have a lot of, we have our 11 o'clock services translated into Spanish. Mm -hmm. It's great to know that you guys have the Myanmar coming in too. You know, we just started an international um group at our church as well to try to capture more of the people in the community and meet them where they're at. Well, wow, that's that's certainly awesome. You know, one of the other significant organizations that I've, I know uh, uh, several of you support as well is Ada Jenkins Center. And you know what, uh, the statistics that, that really blows my mind is that 40% of the uh, uh, population that Ada Jenkins serves is from Cornelius. You know, we think of ourselves in some cases as, as a wealthier community, and we probably are if you take an average of all that. But the fact is, they serve, uh, out of all the people that they serve, 40% of them uh, are from the town of Cornelius. And, uh, you know, uh, how, how do you all relate to that? Is it something you can relate to or... Uh, do you do you really see that? I know David, you probably do based on where you're located and uh, the uh, the community that uh, is is certainly adjacent to your church. Yeah, so when we were putting together Cornelius Early Scholars, one of the things was to look at the demographics of Cornelius and those children who were being uh, coming to uh, Cornelius Elementary who were unprepared. And I was on the, uh, a committee with Charlotte Mecklenburg School System and. Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools breaks down the entire Mecklenburg County into 538 different neighborhoods. And then they rank those neighborhoods based on their socioeconomic uh, status. They put it into thirds. The top third, of course, is the highest. And when you look at the Lake Norman region, we tend to be in that top third. If not the top third, we're definitely in the second third. There's one neighborhood in this Lake Norman area that is in the bottom third, and it is in Cornelius, and it's generally south of Catawba Avenue between 115 and I-77, mm -hmm. and uh, it encompasses Smithville and uh, the Mill Village and, and that area, uh, and we don't think about that so much, that 
there's that level of poverty in the town of Cornelius. Because as you said, we generally think that we're a wealthy neighborhood. Uh, and we generally are. But there are those pockets of folks who are in need. And uh, mm -hmm. folks like Ada Jenkins, Angels and Sparrows, Neighborhood Care mm -hmm. Center, Collective Churches uh, are there to serve that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know that I, I have a, a visual from going up here uh, that's, uh, that's changing a little bit, but I can't help but go back to my early days growing up here, whereby, uh, you know, just not even a half a block off of uh, Catawba Avenue, you would see blight. I can remember an old trailer, rusty trailer park back in there. It was a low income, but it was uh, probably not fit for anybody to live there. It's uh, properties for sale now, so hopefully good things will, will come about that. And we can all, I know you guys all know about our affordable housing initiative here in the town of Cornelius. That's a serious effort. And, uh, you know, as I move forward with my service here as, as your mayor, that's going to become an even higher priority to fix that here in a town that, that has some wealth, but it also has the other side uh, mm -hmm. to deal with as well. So it's a great day in Cornelius today. This is Mayor Woody Washam, and you're traveling about town with the faith community. Thanks for listening, and we'll be right back with our final segment. Good morning again, Lake Norman. This is Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, and we're back for our final segment of About Town. It's a great program today, and I'm glad you're listening out there. But this is about the faith community with some of our leaders in, uh, in that wonderful segment of our community, which really, really makes us a better place to live. It uh, certainly enhances our quality of life here and uh, meets so many needs that wouldn't otherwise be met uh, through the good things that, that the government, town government in particular, we just can't do everything. And we have to have this supplement coming in from a lot of directions, including our faith community. And we depend on you guys, just so you know that. We really do. Certainly I do. I uh, can't speak for all the mayors in the past, but, uh, but certainly I do. And uh, uh, we're looking for more great things uh, in, in the future. So... Speaking of the future, let's talk about that uh, just briefly, and then uh, we're going to uh, give you just a complete rundown of what to expect at the community Thanksgiving services that are coming up here in uh, uh, a few days, actually. So uh, what can we do better in, in, the, in the faith community to support the town that uh, your churches are are sitting in and are, are serving here uh, uh, for the gospel. What, what can we all do better to uh, make Cornelius yet a better place? We mentioned affordable housing, and I bet that's on all of your lists uh, to think about, uh, you know, as far as what we can do better. When 90% uh, when of our, our citizens that work here can't afford to live here, that's indicative of a problem in my mind. And uh, we, we just have to do better to get a better balance of that particular aspect of our community. So I know that's one thing that would probably be on your list for uh, things that we could improve on. Uh, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. Jonathan, what do, you, what do you think about that? You've been involved a little bit with our effort. I have been, and that that's just crucial. We want to be able to have housing in our area that... Um, 
is affordable for our teachers, for our police department, for our firefighters. Uh, we want those people not only to serve our community, but feel like they are really, truly, deeply connected to the community. And one way to do that is by actually living in the community. And, you know, when when they have to live outside of our community in order to find a place that's affordable to them, that's, um, that's a problem. And so that's certainly uh, something that... Um, uh, everyone should be interested in and making that a top priority. Um, as far as the faith community is concerned, I think one of the ways that, that we can help is just by listening and helping connect the needs of the people uh, with the leadership in the town to see what kind of policies that can be put in place uh, to help the people feel more integrated into the community, where no one's isolated, where everybody's involved, where everybody feels like they belong. That's the kind of place that we want Cornelius to be. That's the Cornelius way, as I think of it. Absolutely. That's a good good example. Pastor David. Yeah, so um, I, I think uh, it, it's a gospel issue. Honestly, it's a heart issue. Um, we're talking about people who are the least among our brethren, right? And my concern for the town is too often I'll hear folks say, not in my backyard, right? Or mm-hmm. we've got enough people here in Cornelius, we don't need any more housing, right? You're that so sort of right, thing. I hear that. And I, I, you've, yeah, I bet you have. <laughs> and um, but, the, but the reality is, you know, 60% of the traffic in Cornelius, and that's what most people are concerned about is traffic, it's not Cornelius residents. It's people passing through Cornelius. Thank simply. you for saying that. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's true. And, and so new residential doesn't bring more traffic. It actually cuts the traffic down because people aren't traveling here and there. Uh, and... This idea that, you know, Cornelius is for the wealthy, uh, which is somewhat out there, uh, it, it needs to be for everybody. Uh, and so we need to have affordable housing. I like, you know, starter home housing is my preferred term because that sounds better, right? I want my kids to stay in Cornelius, but my children, when they get to the age, aren't going to be able to afford to live in Cornelius and they're going to move away. So why do we leave that legacy to go? Why not make the housing where they can uh, start their families here as well? And we need jobs for them. And we need jobs for them. Absolutely need jobs for them to want to stay here or be mm-hmm. able to stay mm-hmm. here. So that's a certainly a priority of mine as well. Ashley, what do you think about that? I echo the sentiments of both of um, both Jonathan and David. Um, I do think too job training. Yes. Um, you know, Good better, one. more accessible job training. You know, there's. For example, Feed NC up in Mooresville has some some yes. job development training up there, um, and Neighborhood Care Center has some here. So we're that's why hopefully in the future we're looking to build and expand on job training. You know, affordable housing is is a major issue where starter homes are not available. Um, but how can we get those people into those starter homes? So what can we start supplementing? You know, to help them financially steward what they have better to be able to help them to afford the homes that we're going to be building in the future for them. So, you know, I think job training um, and accessible job training. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've got such an expert in your, in your church with uh, Michelle Hoverson uh, on this whole topic. So uh, you're, you're lucky to have her. And we, we all claim her throughout the community. I know I do. And you know, Woody, um, you, you mentioned the trailer, the rusty trailer, yes. and and all that. We have to be concerned about this placement of people yes. as you know gentrification. As we do improve the town of Cornelius and the housing, somebody lived in that rusty trailer, and that somebody is going to need housing that they can afford. Uh, and um, so we need to be mindful that as we, you know, some of these old houses that are kind of run down that will probably be bulldozed, and new houses will take their place. That's great. Right. However. 
it's got to be affordable for that mm-hmm. person who was living in that. Or area. how can we come in and do critical repairs for some of those people to help exactly. them stay in the homes that mm-hmm. may be, you know, on the dilapidated or unsafe to be in? Absolutely. I know that several of our churches are involved with Habitat uh, to do just that. The re- not only the bills, but the repair part of it, too. I, I think uh, uh, the Smithfield Project is involving that aspect. So there is plenty of work to do. I get calls all the time from different organizations or companies or realtors about, you know, we want to uh, take on a project to improve a different a certain segment of town. Can you suggest something? And so those opportunities are, are, are great here in our community, and it's always a pleasure for me to hook them up with the right people that know. So people want to do good. You've got to figure out how to hook them up with the folks that mm-hmm. know what the needs are. Same with at Christmas time. Uh, many of the churches want to help uh, children and families, Thanksgiving and, and all that. I mean, it's all part of, of uh, that mentality out there. Our, our, you know, I've, I've just involved with the, uh, uh, a group of citizens over in antiquity who reached out to me and want to supply Thanksgiving meals to our public safety officers here in town. Because, you know, they have to work. They don't get a holiday at Christmas or Thanksgiving or any of that. So, uh, you know, uh, my, my role in that so far has been to provide some funding uh, for that program, personal funding. And, uh, and so they're out raising money to uh, supply the needs of these public safety folks that do so much and mean so much to our community. So it's it's pretty incredible. So something we probably ought to talk about at that community Thanksgiving service, David, uh, that's coming up. And uh, I think all many of our churches are involved in the community. I don't know that 100% of them are, but they're they're all there in spirit. I, to- I totally know that. So tell us a little bit about that service and uh, and and how that's going to be orchestrated coming up. The date, time, and place. Just give us a complete rundown of how that's going to work. Uh, here soon. Absolutely. So the event is called Give Thanks LKN, and it's going to be held at the Kane Center for the Arts on this Sunday, November 19th at 6 o'clock. We have 10 different churches coming together uh, for a combined choir, uh, for a praise band. Uh, There'll be messages from each one of the pastors that'll be videoed so that they'll be uh, presented during the program. Uh, It's just an opportunity for us to come together and give thanks for all that the Lord has blessed us with in this year and all that we know he's going to bless us with next year. Uh, And so it's going to be a a real good event. We made the decision to move it to the Kane Center because we wanted to take it out of the individual churches. We felt that if we put it into a neutral setting, uh, that we would attract more folks who might not be church going, right? And we want everybody to come out. This is not just a church thing. This is a community event to give thanks. And so uh, it's it's going to be real wonderful. We're also having seven different spotlight uh, nonprofits who will benefit. So some of them will receive food. Uh, some of them will receive monetary donations. What we're asking of people, the admission is free. However, if you would please bring canned food items or make a monetary donation during the service uh, that will go out to all the uh, nonprofits. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, it's uh, will will it be uh, uh, broadcast in any way, or do we know not, that yet? No, it will not be broadcast yeah. unless something happens between now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be that'd be great. Uh, you know, I, I, it's something folks can go back even even if they can't get there. 
and uh, and watch it later. So I hope you can figure that one out. But uh, more to, more to come on that one. I know the know the Kane Center has some pretty pretty uh, high tech equipment. Well, maybe you can pull some strings. I, I will pull some strings. I'm so impressed you got it worked out to have it in the Kane Center. That uh, I know you and I talked about that many months ago, and uh, I set you in a direction. And evidently, you don't tell these guys no very often. So. <laughs> So the, you got it done. And thanks, it it thanks was a Herculean effort, and it really took all the churches collaborating to make it happen. Great. Uh, and so it was not my effort alone in any way. Uh, all the churches came behind it. They were all very enthusiastic about having it at the Kane Center, and they made it happen. Great. That's fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful uh, service that is coming up this Sunday at 6 o'clock at the Kane Center for the Arts. Uh, tell me the name of it again. Give Thanks LKN. Give thanks, LKN. So this is everybody in the region. The Kane Center can hold plenty of people. So let's fill that thing up and praise God in a way that uh, that, that center hadn't seen before. I think that that will be an awesome experience for, mm-hmm. for everybody. Thank you, uh, Pastor Jonathan Marlowe, Pastor David Judge, and uh, uh, Ashley. Thank you for your um, involvement today. No, you aren't in the pastor ranks, but you did a great job. Tell us what's going on at uh, Grace Covenant Church, and uh, just grateful to all that con- that is contributed by our faith community. This is Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, and you've been about time with the faith communities. Have a great day. The new 1059 100.7 WSIC Statesville Mooresville North Charlotte.